3: up everyone it is battle and K money we're just uh, a small part of bros and murder but we have a wait yeah we're bros and murder and we give you true where we give you true crime of color and probably and play music that you've probably never heard of before or for musical artists that you probably never heard of before um and today k money and i are going to give a special episode that I think that we want to make a regular of doing little special things on the side.
0: It's kind of true crime, but like in a different way. Crime? I don't know. <laughs> Blue collar crime? No, white collar crime. I, I. He, Le- he legal cut crime? Put all that out. <laughs> that was stupid.
3: Like, just say legal crime. It's yep. legal crime.
0: Crimes against humanity.
3: And not the card game. Is that what it's called? Cards. The cards Never again. Never mind. <laughs> you don't have to take that out, Andre. You could leave that there.
0: <laughs> but definitely take out mine. Um, yes, yeah, so what we wanted to talk about today is we wanted to bring some attention to the Line 3 protests that are currently happening up in Minnesota. Um, Line 3 is a proposed project by a company called Enbridge to abandon a previous pipeline that goes through north uh, northern central Minnesota. it is one of the most um, ambitious pipeline projects that has like I think that they've ever done in the um, North America or at least in the US. So oh and so like ceded seeded lands are um, lands that the tribes have like previously sold in treaties like in the 1800s to the. US but with the exception that they got to maintain their rights to hunting, fishing, and gathering. So the issue here is that this pipeline is endangering those rights.
3: And just to put that like in a little bit more perspective, Line 3's pathway is roughly 400 miles in which it goes across the Fond du Lac Reservation, treaty lands of several other bends of Ojibwe, and the headwaters of Mississippi River in northern Minnesota. And along with that, Line 3 is part of a bigger pipeline that is actually owned by the company. And it goes across Canada, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan, Illinois. and
0: The original line was constructed in the 60s. And so there's been a lot of wear throughout the years, which is why they're replacing it.
3: Along with that, there were permits that were recently permits for construction that were recently approved back in 2018 which is one of which were one of the newer set of permits for building or the construction so to start off like this next section i kind of wanted to point out that when it comes to these pipelines not Every Native American opposes the project or these types of project. I just want to preface it with that because while we're talking about indigenous people, Native Americans, we're not talking about every Native American. Just groups of them that don't agree with what's going on in their lands, according to especially when it comes down to these treaties. But according to MP- NPR, which is Minnesota's um, news. Outlet, online news outlet. There's approximately 295 Native Americans that are employed on this project, and this was as February of this year. And according to an article that I read, one of the Native Americans that work on this project was in a tough spot to where they just wanted to be able to pray for their family, which is completely understandable that they needed jobs just like everyone else and. For some, they don't like the idea that there are Native Americans that are supporting what is going on. It's almost like a double-edged sword, and Kelly will be able to talk about talk more about the effect on Indigenous and marginalized people of this project.
0: Yeah, so um, we're going to kind of address a few different things, a few different topics that relate to this bigger um, protest of Line Three. Um, but every single thing that we are going to cover like, does have a huge impact on the indigenous people who, that live in that area. So um, the pollution that is likely to occur from this new line could ruin much of the farming, hunting, and uh, water supply of the Ojibwe and Ashinaabe tribes. When Enbridge sets up construction camps for workers along the pipeline... These men are often violent towards Native people, and human trafficking of Native women is a consistent problem. As well, despite contributing almost nothing to climate change, Indigenous people globally suffer the most and continue to have the most at stake. This is an example of environmental racism.
3: I've never thought about environmental racism and how that could be, how that can affect Indigenous people for people that really don't have a carbon footprint. I, it's, it's definitely like a first world problem, but it's a first world problem where I'm not, while I'm a person of color, I'm not part of an indigenous tribe or I'm not a Native American um, that actually sees what's going on or how it's taking away land. Like I hear about it, but it's sometimes hard to like fathom because I don't see it. And I, I think that's part of a privilege that I have that I don't have to see that stuff, and it's—I've it, never thought about environmental racism. Thanks for bringing that up.
0: Yeah, it's so interesting. I mean, and it, that had it also never occurred to me until I did this research. But it reminds me of that—you um, know—that that little like trivia, like information bit that people always share around, where it's like um, there have been studies that. Indigenous women in like other countries, like in the Amazon and like things like that, that are very like much more tribal than, you know, we are. They've found when they've run tests that like they have jet fuel, like remnants of jet fuel in like their breast milk. That is wild. Yeah. So it's like it's not. Yeah, it's not just even our region. It's like across the globe this industrialization that we do affects everyone every single person who lives on earth first nations people are not the only marginalized groups who suffer from this late stage industrialization within like our country so like we on one hand we we think about like yeah it's the pollution of those natural resources but the other thing that happens is um Black Americans are also disproportionately affected in urban areas where or, um, oil refineries are uh-huh. located. Um, in Detroit, Michigan, there are predominantly there is a predominantly black neighborhood of Boynton. Um, the Stop Line Three website, which is a really good um, resource if you want to look more into this, says um, in 2012 when Marathon, the the gas station company. Upgraded the facility to process tar sands, Marathon bought the homes of around 275 people in the mostly white neighborhood of Oakwood Heights, which is not directly in the prevailing path of emissions. Unlike the mostly black neighborhood of Boynton, Marathon has left the people of color in Boynton to suffer, consistently denying their requests for buyouts and emergency evacuation. Those in Boynton have been documented by the Michigan Department of Health to be disproportionately affected by ailments caused by the significant pollution, including, but not limited to, cancer, respiratory disease, and kidney failure.
3: That's so crazy that you'll buy out some people's
0: Mm -hmm. land, but
3: not everyone.
0: And Um, not the people who are most directly affected by it. Yeah, and...
3: Talk about just giving an op- being given an opportunity to live, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> live healthy, I should say.
0: Yep. Um, in the and uh, so this next part, we're going to talk more about um, the effects on the environment directly. Um, in the sixty years since the first line three was constructed, it has had multiple leaks and spills. Corrosion has eaten holes in the casting all along its one thousand thirty-one miles. Due to this. Um, it is no longer efficient and runs at half capacity. The
3: but they other... still are trying to repair it,
0: hmm?
3: or they're they're still trying to move it.
0: Yeah, even so, though like yeah. it
3: doesn't even like they don't even use it at capacity, like at, at the capacity that it's
0: supposed to. Well, that's that's the thing. Yeah. So the reason why they're building a new corridor for Line Three, this this huge ambitious product, project, is because the original Line Three is no longer efficient. Which again is like it doesn't I mean
3: why not recycle I am not, and I'm not a reuse.
0: Person.
3: I was gonna say why not recycle and like or upcycle and reuse like the existing line, repair, but yeah, we could get to that, but it's just weird to me. But
0: Well yeah, that's that's exactly what I was gonna say. Um, it 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 seems like it would make more sense to just fix the one that already exists. But um, my guess with that is that if they go in and dig it up it's not just repairing the pipeline. It's also having to go and clean up all of the contamination. Uh, and, yeah, that's true. Yeah.
3: So I'm better just leave it and let it soak in.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Oh, the other major problem is that this new corridor is the most ambitious investment into an already dying industry. So not only would it be transporting crude oil, but the version transported called tar sands is one of the most harmful forms of fossil fuel, releasing the most greenhouse gases when burned. It's also the most difficult to clean up when it inevitably spills. So like part of that is like, yeah, like most oil, when it spills, it just like, you know, oil and water, oil flows to the surface because they're opposed to one another. But because this is like sands, the sands sink to the bottom. So it's much... Sits. Yeah. We are already hurtling towards the point of no return with, within climate change. The completion and use of this new pipeline is just one more nail in the coffin of irreversible damage to the environment. Um, leaving the old pipeline and constructing a new one also has a harm, direct harmful impact on the water sources it runs through. As they age and with use over time, corrosion will cause compromises to the structures. These compromises will cause leaching into the water sources, both in draining the bodies of water as well as contaminating them. And there are many water sources affected, given that northern Michigan or Minnesota is a water-rich area. It's actually called apparently the land of ten thousand lakes.
3: I didn't know that. Maybe I did know that.
0: I only know that because somebody from Michigan told me, or Minnesota. <laughs> I keep saying that Minnesota told me
3: that. Well, I called Wisconsin, Washington. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's it's crazy to think to the type of backlash people get when it comes to wanting to protect the environment and the way that you could be looked at if you're like, oh, let's think about the future and what's happening to what's happening because of the things that we do and you know i can't say that i am completely removed from pollution or have a or that i have a small carbon footprint because i don't i work on it but i don't it's just it's just wild to think that a lot of the effects that are that come from using natural gas or oils and things like that is pretty irre- irreversible in our lifetime, so
0: the one thing I will say is that, like, like we all obviously we have a carbon footprint. Like, we travel, we do these things, but at the end of the day, like, because you know, like we have these like um, campaigns of like don't use straws anymore, but it's it's placing the onus on citizens as opposed to like the massive legislation that we need to actually cut back on the major sources of pollution.
3: Yeah, and I think, like, places like, you know, California really want to do things like that, like, try to have a bit better infrastructure. But it's met with such, like, anger towards California's legislation, Mm -hmm. you know, things like banning plastic bags. Or if you need a bag when you go to a grocery store there, you have to pay some amount of money or getting tax rebates and things if you have electric vehicles or solar panels on your house. It's its just really wild how it's met. How it's met.
0: Yeah, well, I, I mean, I think a huge part of that is just, like, the lack of education in our country. I mean, even with everything going right now, the absolute, like, obstinacy of, like, people wearing masks, even. Yeah. Like, people just get mad about things that they don't understand. Or
3: have no control over, really? Mm-hmm. Like... Other people, we can't control other people, and I, I fall victim to that too. But more on line three. Sorry, I broke <laughs> So I'm going to talk a little bit about like the existing infrastructure because I think that's important too because back in the 1950s and 1960s was when most of the existing infrastructure of the pipelines were actually installed. And it was because this was post-World War II and there are more people back here in the States and not in war. So that means more people, more energy demand. And to keep up with that energy demand, they started to import oil. They, they created these, these pipelines to help with that. And what we didn't realize that in the event of a pipeline rupture or leak because so those are the two types of damages that a pipeline could go through are ruptures and leaks is that they can actually be catastrophic to the local environment and we could look at marine life and crude oil so with leaks no matter how small a leak could be it's still potentially pretend well excuse me it would be hazardous not just the marine life like fish, turtles, frogs, anything that lives under water, algae. Algae, for example, and also like plant life, but also human life. Just, just think also about how, when you have that layer of oil on top of the water, it blocks out sunlight, so that causes more like algae growth, but it doesn't let light into to have other plants grow and it also affects how fish reproduce or different marine life actually reproduce because of the oil so essentially it stops the reproduction of new life that that can help sustain human life moreover there are a lot of different types of birds or waterfowl that face higher mortality rates as their feathers get coated coated in oil rendering them not able to fly so that is also catastrophic in the sense too that they can get stuck there and eventually they can drown or they can ingest ingest the water that has the oil mixture in it which can potentially or really just kill them and damage their internal organs from no return. And also, if they do make it out, they have long-lasting effects that affects not just them, but their offspring. And that could change, over time, that could change genetic makeup. It's a lot of time, but it could change genetic makeup on how, on how these birds reproduce or live. And how they have to adapt to these ever-changing environments. But I, 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 I think, I, I think there's a lot that we can do, even if it's just talking about it to bring more awareness and everything. But really, where it lands, where it comes down to, is the legislation and different injustices that we see and how we could try to change. And I think it's important to talk about. So.
0: Mm-hmm. And um, at every step of this process, tribal governments have been excluded from the conversation. So um, they haven't been consulted um, when, in the state of Minnesota, Minnesota, there's an executive order written by the governor that requires um, consultation with tribal like chiefs and you know elders. Elders, yeah. So
3: they don't get. There's no. Any, there's no correspondence between. Mm -hmm. the state or these builders and
0: yeah to the point with which like it's not even that it's just like they haven't consulted they purposely exclude them I wonder why (laughs) yeah I can't imagine Um, what seems to be the biggest issue is how property law is interpreted in the situation so in the mid to late 1800s the Ojibwe tribe signed a series of treaties with the US government negotiating rights to the lands on which they lived So the Ojibwe sold the actual land while reserving their rights to hunt, fish, and gather. And it's the gathering of, like, plant resources for sustenance, like, um, wild rice that is native to the area.
3: Wild rice is a very big thing for Mm -hmm. this tribe. Like, the tribe, that's, like, the whole reason they migrated to that area was because of the wild rice.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think it's, like, it, it plays a big role in a lot of their traditions and, um, ceremonies, I believe. Yeah, they they wanted to reserve the rights to the things that they would need to survive the way they had before the treaties um, were signed. Uh, The indigenous people were also left to govern themselves as their own sovereign nation. Thereby, the treaties signified an agreement between two separate nations. So while technically building the pipeline doesn't stop the indigenous people from exercising their rights on the ceded lands, the usage of this pipeline is likely to have grossly detrimental effects on the resources.
3: Which they depend heavily on if you didn't get that. hmm Not you, Kelly, but <laughs> everyone that's listening right now.
0: Yeah, and so um, one major thing currently that um, is being discussed a lot is that In 2020, during Biden's presidential campaign, he made a point of including what steps he would take to combat climate change, commenting on not only the impact of it on our planet, but also the ways in which it disproportionately affects people of the global majority. As part of that, one of the first things he did when he came into office was um, the canceling of permits that Trump had granted to the TC Energy Corporation, which is a Canadian oil company, to build the Keystone XL pipeline. Despite that, he has remained silent on Line 3, even though it poses the same risks to the Ojibwe tribes that Keystone would have had on the Rosebud Sioux, the um, Assiniboine, and Gros Va- Vaunt tribes. So, which another thing that's interesting too is that he even commented. And I think stopped drilling on um, line five, but has Which not... Which
3: we're going to talk about a little bit.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but yet, like, um, with all the attention that this has gotten, there's, you know, crickets from the administration.
3: It's, it's just crazy to think that not much has been done or said about it. Because until you brought it up to me, I had no idea that this was a thing. And I had no idea how unfair and unjust things were happening and that there's a lot of unjust policing happening in that area where they're doing it similar to what happened at standing rock mm-hmm. yeah so
0: yeah and that really surprises me because i've talked to a lot of people about this in the process of researching it and everyone has said about the same thing which is weird because like i mean I know, like, I spend a lot of time, like, on TikTok, and that's how I found out. That's how I got, a a, um, that's how I heard about it to begin with. So, I'm just surprised that it's not as big as Standing Rock.
3: Do you, do you know more, like, about how, did you read anything about, like, how they were policing there and what they were doing as far as, Like, what's going on as far as how the law enforcement or local law enforcement is handling protesters? Because I would imagine, well, from videos that I've watched, like, and coverage that I've seen on it, it's been pretty peaceful as far as the indigenous people or protesters that are out there. However, I do see some law enforcement, but I think.
0: Yeah, so this is like the one thing that I just, it kind of blows my mind, and I don't understand how like i mean i do understand how people get away with it because of racism but still it's like so blatant but um through public records requested by the news site the intercept we know that enbridge has provided 2.3 million dollars in funding to law enforcement throughout minnesota in turn enbridge has been exercising their influence over local police where water protectors are protesting Um, They're even holding training events for officers on responding to protesters.
3: So they're pretty much, like, pumping cash flow into not Mm -hmm. looking after the environment, but, like, law enforcement to police the area.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, There's even an instance of public officials furnishing to Enbridge names of people who attended an anti-Line 3 meeting. Um, Heads of security have been invited to intelligence meetings held by police. Um, The Intercept was even um, quoted as saying, like, in October 2020, according to emails, Enbridge organized an all-day training at the company's Bemidji Emergency Operations Center. According to the email sent a day before the event, dozens of Enbridge employees, public safety officials, including local sheriffs along the pipeline route, and an FBI agent were invited to attend. Uh, a primary goal for the event, uh, coordination between Line 3 Project Team and LP, an acronym that typically refers to local police.
3: Let's militarize them almost mm-hmm. and have them trained, especially to make sure that, you know, they're controlling peaceful people.
0: Yeah, and part of the thing that is also, like, I like i keep saying this that's also crazy to me is it's like this company enbridge is a canadian company and the fact that they have uh-huh. they seem to have more rights to this land to like build this pipeline than the people who have owned like lived on it forever you know is just insane like i mean i know part of it like what i was saying about the property law they're trying to cover it under eminent domain but that only applies to if it's a utility, which I guess it it would be considered a utility if um, they were providing the oil to Americans, but they're not. They're exporting it.
3: Not to mention, like, why isn't the Canadian government doing anything? Because they talk a lot about, or I've seen a lot of stuff about Canada, and please anyone correct me if I'm wrong, but talk about it being more peaceful and like looking out for one another when it comes to healthcare and trying to be better about like renewables. Um, this is just things that I remember seeing. So I don't have sources for that. And if I'm wrong, definitely correct me.
0: (laughs) Well, um, like one, one of the things that I've heard pretty consistently is that like, yeah, like the stereotype or like, you know, common idea of, Canada is that they're much nicer than us but when it comes to their Aboriginal people their indigenous people they're just as bad as the US as far as like you know not keeping them safe I mean they, they're not to get too far off topic but I know that there's like um, like a highway of tears where like so many Native women have gone missing or been found murdered and like they don't really, do enough to protect these women or, um, um, investigate their deaths. That's
3: unfortunate. So a little side note, I know we've talked about Enbridge, but I wanted to bring up, Kelly mentioned earlier, line five. And according to NPR news, again, that's Minnesota's online source for news, that there's more legal action pending against Enbridge for the project called line five. And if you haven't figured it out by now, you kind of guessed it. Or if you, if you do guess it, it's that they want to replace another aging pipeline that runs from Wisconsin to Ontario. And again, they, and again, through treaty and reservation lands all over all of the, okay, (coughs) excuse me. Sorry. Sorry. So they want to replace another aging pipeline that runs from Wisconsin to Ontario, and it goes through parts of the Ojibwe tribe, or Ojibwe lands, and across through the upper peninsula of Michigan, and finally, under the Straits of Mack.
0: The thing that's crazy is that Biden has suspended oil drilling for Line 5, but yet, like, nothing with line three which also doesn't make sense if you think about it because like you like they're all parts of the same pipeline yeah so like Mm -hmm. if they're not fixing line five there's no like and it's not going to be used or commissioned i don't i mean again i don't really know how it works it doesn't really make sense to cut a new line three you know
3: it doesn't because it's with 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 line five, it wasn't a a leak or anything like that. It was hit by a boat, and that's where they want. That's what. That's why they want to repair it. And this happened back in 2019, but a lot of people have just said, if it's hit and it's not running, just shut it down. Why do you not just shut it down and remove the existing lines that are there, or if you're going to not use them, just leave them. So actually, this is so actually, Kelly. This is probably something that we could cover later down the road, and like try to see if there's an update and where it goes with this. Because I think it's super important to not only shed light of true crime of color, but also making sure that we're bringing into light these types of injustices on Indigenous people, especially here in the United States, and.
0: Well, they're they're supposedly supposed to finish like the the end date for this project is like the end of this year so i guess like that's when we'll find out unless new stuff comes out like in between whether or not this is they're going to go through with this project so there's still hopefully plenty of time before they actually finish it although again it still isn't going to undo the damage from just putting it in yeah but
3: I, I I do have some final thoughts on this, that though, that even though the company brought in temporary jobs to make the economy a little bit better, these are short-term rewards and we haven't really outweighed the long-term damages that these that this pipeline could bring in and I think it's something that we need to evaluate or reevaluate because I don't think, again, we're thinking too far into the future, more so wanting instant gratification, especially if whatever product that they're breaking, bringing in is just being exported and not being used here. What do you mm-hmm. think?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just like the thing that doesn't make another thing that doesn't make sense to me is that. That's a lot of money to spend. I mean, to cut a whole new corridor through um, Minnesota, when we could be using those kind of resources, and all the all the money they're spending on just like funding the police could be used to transition to cleaner forms of energy. Yeah,
3: eventually they're just gonna let everyone get Teslas and like everything's gonna go solar. I'm being facetious. Kelly and I did have a conversation about the costs and infrastructure of renewables and it was interesting conversation just because it's there's a lot to think about mm-hmm. it, it's a lot it's a lot to do and maybe that's another discussion we could have if everyone wants to hear about it
0: yeah but if you'd like to learn more about line three and the protests you can go to stopline3.org um, there's a lot of information as well as steps to take action or be a part of um, the resistance of Line 3 uh, you can also follow the hashtag StopLine3 on TikTok to see what's happening on the ground in real time which is really a really interesting and really cool resource to like, actually watch people who are affected by this talk about it give their experience and like show exactly what is happening um, at these protests
3: awesome well, thank you, everyone, for hanging out and listening to us. And uh, if you have any feedback, please let us know if you like this type of content that you didn't know about. Maybe I didn't know about it, so I just assume everyone else didn't know about it. But if you like like this stuff, let us know because it's something that we'd like to do, um, try to highlight more of what's going on. Along with true crime, because this is true crime, but it's like legal true crime, right?
0: Yeah, and things that definitely affect so many of us that that so many of us don't know anything about. I mean, all these contaminations, the pipeline cuts across the Mississippi twice, so it's taking all of that contamination all the way down to the Gulf with it. So like, it affects indigenous people most, but it still affects all of us.
3: So, stick around for the song, and we hope you like it. And thanks for listening.
0: Yeah. Bye.
3: See ya.
1: <laughs> and now, a message from our sponsors.
2: At Parker, our purpose is simple.
4: Many tears that my tear dots turn red. Now that Hema glowing, flowing, keeping vampires fed. They wanted to jam me in. Me up and throw away the key. A pack of hyenas, he he laughing at me. They took many shortcuts by backstabbing me. If I don't get out, they grip, then these vultures won't dip. I ain't afraid to die and fly off to the sky, but I got more life to live. So today I'm gonna try to strive not to hide behind my fears, hide behind the years and hide behind these tears. Lord, please take away all these imperfections, renovate my heart and purify my soul. Do to me what I do to to my floors when I send them. If you open up them doors for me, I won't be too demanding. Your truth, love, and light, is what I always stand And I'm your fierce, humble servant, just like you commanded. I got favor,
1: God's favor, and nobody can take it.
4: My thoughts was full of sin. God's truthful love for me. I couldn't comprehend. Cause I felt over-processed like a bad lace front job. I'm God's chosen but struggling. That's kind of odd. When you stand close to the light, you bound to get burned. There's some things on this journey I had to learn on my own. But then God was not plain sight. I was never alone again to me. On this right path, many weapons was formed. They tried to point and release. Bullets couldn't catch me. God opened up so many doors. I couldn't think to dream. Just imagine what I could do. When you be leave alone in my room, I cried, Lord, why you love me? A multitude of blessings I shouldn't have received. Dry your tears, my child, don't you ever doubt me. Throw that sad way of thinking now, because that's my pet peeve. Many things I have in store, plant your feet and trust me. I got favor, God's favor,
1: and nobody can take it from me.
4: Freedom cry, a prophetic selectionist for all the times you covered me when I faced mad rejection. When things went left, there you were, making all corrections. That holy Bible in my life was my greatest investment. This for that little girl inside who always wanted to hide. Rivers and lakes and ponds of salty tears, she always cried. Never felt beautiful or worthy like a prize. You dried my tears and said, Daughter, don't you dare believe those lies. I got favor.
1: Take it